0: Welcome to another edition of the Volunteer State. I'm Blake Topmeyer alongside John Adams and Adam Sparks of the Knoxville News Sentinel. Guys, we, uh, we're we still waiting to learn more about what the future makeup of the SEC is going to look like after Oklahoma and Texas join the league, which is set to happen in the 2025 season. Uh, we heard from Greg Sankey in recent weeks on the Paul Feinbaum show say the SEC still hasn't really committed to what the alignment's going to look like. Could be one division, could have divisions. You know, We heard right when Texas and Oklahoma were uh, were joining that maybe it could go to like a four-team pod system where you would play the other three teams in your pod uh, plus six other opponents, uh, rotating opponents every year, but we don't know no uh, solution to that yet. So I wanted to dive into that a little bit today through the lens of Tennessee. First off, just sort of in, in general broad strokes, what do you guys think about the divisions, pods, one division, no divisions, or, or multiple divisions? What, what do you think maybe is the future, the, the best looking path forward here for the SEC in a, in a 16-team universe?
1: Well, I mean the the pod system will be confusing early on, and then like everything, it'll be adopted eventually. I I, I do think the I think the divisions will seem more natural uh, to college football fans, especially SEC fans. But this is sort of one of these things that's pushing tradition is pushing against uh, sort of the new age of college football, just like the NIL is, just like the transfer portal is. You're going to have people that are going to say 14 pods. A pod didn't belong in college football. It's supposed to be divisions, and you're supposed to have all these teams all together. And uh, divisions feel like old school SEC football, pods are not. And so you're going to get new school and old school um colliding. And that's a, what we already see because if you look in the two different models, the pod system would probably do away with some of the rivalries that we're used to over the years. And so then again, you'll get. You'll get traditionalists arguing for that, and then you I think you'll get the younger crowd that will say, who cares about those rivalries? You know, we just want the best path to the whatever the playoff is. And, and so just like everything else, it'll be new school versus old school arguments.
2: I would have to go uh, with divisions over pods. And again, that gets back to, as Blake outlined it, it's a traditional thing. It just seems simpler to me. Pods get more complicated. You'd get used to it, though. I do think for Tennessee purposes, since that's our topic, that Tennessee, that a pod system would favor Tennessee and enhance Tennessee's chance of, of getting into any kind of a playoff. I've gone to all the trouble with some research and figured out how I would have the pods aligned in a um, 16-team SEC. I would have Tennessee in the Great Northern pod. Ooh, the great North. That sounds like a, a region from game of Thrones there, right? Beyond the <laughs> well, wall. Yeah, it, you think of green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota in that division, I would have it aligned with Missouri, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, a who's who of college football. Yeah. <laughs> All, as I said, I'm a traditionalist and I think most people regard those as traditional college powerhouses. Um, uh, I mean, so you have similar you would be similar weather, you would be taking the uppermost teams in the conference and putting them in a pod and letting them fight it out for supremacy in the Great North. So the, they're just gonna stack the
0: deck in favor of the vols, you think, and, and say, you know what, Tennessee, go in there with Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt.
2: Well, I mean, how do we know what those teams will look like in three or four years? Maybe Kentucky's gaining momentum Vanderbilt uh, Clark Lee's just getting started there so could be quite challenging in the long run. so yeah, I mean if you had
1: if you had Bear Bryant come back to Kentucky, James Franklin come back to Vanderbilt Barry Odom's best year. if you put all those together, you know yeah. I, I suppose yeah. then you've
2: got you do have a powerhouse pot. Uh, tell Bear Bryant at Kentucky, a young football coach at Kentucky, Bear, you're going to be in a pod with Missouri tennis. Tennessee
0: <laughs> you can't even and, get
2: the thought out, John. <laughs> Tennessee and <laughs> Vanderbilt, is that okay with you? And Or oh, yeah, it'll be fun.
1: Was that your best spoke, bear? Was that
2: he, your best bear? Not, I, don't, I don't have a good bear, but he kind of spoke low. Not as low as Orgeron, but... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say,
0: that sounds like the same impersonation <laughs> that you used for Ed O. It's like you've got one impersonation <laughs> and it just, <laughs> it fits to everybody, I guess. Uh, yeah, sorry
2: yeah. about that. The pod that is at,
0: that has been su- suggested in, in other circles, not necessarily John's there, uh, for Tennessee, would, would have Tennessee in a pod with Almighty Vanderbilt, but also with Alabama and Auburn. So you'd have Alabama maintaining its Iron Bowl rivalry, and then you'd also maintain the third Saturday in, in October rivalry. Um, of course, some rivalries would be lost in that alignment. Auburn, Georgia, at least on an annual basis, would be lost, and, um, and Tennessee's rivalry with, with Florida. And, and some, if you go to pods, like Adam said, you're going to have to lose some annual rivalries. That's, if, you, if you go to divisions, you stick Auburn and Alabama in the East – you flip Missouri to the west. Oklahoma and Texas come in. They're in the west, and and you really don't lose as many rivalries that way.
1: Yeah, I mean the difference for UT is if you take the divisions that you just set up and the pods that you set up. Divisions would give Tennessee a better barometer of if they're good or bad or mediocre. If you're in the division that you just set up, a really good Tennessee team, you know, goes what seven and two or something in in uh, in conference play um and a bad year they're two and seven and most years they're going to be five and four or four and five and and so you get an accurate barometer at least close to that of how good or bad Tennessee is and that's sort of what you get in the division right now Um, if you go to the pod system you're more dependent on how the schedule is set up so the pod that you laid out Alabama Auburn UT and Vandy all together. Okay, that's fine. In a good year, you're going to go two and one in that pod, and a bad year, you're going to go one and two. But what's the schedule for the other six games in those other three pods? Think, think about this. If you're playing two, two teams from each of the other pods, what if this was your other six games? You're your outside of your pod games for Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, A&M, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas. You could be an okay Tennessee team and go zero six against those teams. What 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 about this other scenario for the other six outside pod games? Kentucky, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Missouri. You could Tennessee in a given year could go six and zero against those teams. So it, it sort of depends on how the SEC would set up your your rotation of of. Out of pod games, uh, so to speak, you would hope they would balance it a little bit, so you wouldn't play Oklahoma and Texas in the same year, you wouldn't play Georgia and Florida in the same year, you would balance it out. But if you're in the pod system, Tennessee or any team really could get an inaccurate barometer of whether you're good or not. You could be, you could have a good team and and it's set up for a, you know, a, a tough pod schedule, uh, and this the 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 record, not show it and, and vice versa could happen. So I think if you go to the pod system, not just for Tennessee, but everybody in the sec, we would have more, uh, we'd have more coverage of strength of schedule each year because it's going to change so much right now. We look at it and you, you know, you've got your division games and you've got your cross rivalry, you know, Tennessee plays Alabama every year. And then you really just are evaluating one difference in the schedule on the conference. If you're doing a pod system, you could be good and your record not be great. You could be bad and your record be better than you should be. And and coaches will get fired or hired depending on what your strength of schedule was in a given year. It's just going to be harder to judge um, how good a team is unless the SEC figures out how to balance these schedules. But year to year, that's going to be more more difficult if you're if you've got these four different pods. The,
2: the thing about a division, too, Adam, is I, I think an eight-team division and an expanded SEC, you finish third in your division. I think that's a source of pride. You, you, uh, heck, you finished third in the SEC West now—that's a source of pride. So, yeah. But to say, "Well, we finished third in our pod," <laughs> just doesn't re- doesn't resonate as much. Uh, so, yeah, I would. I just think it would be better to play a divisional schedule. If if you have a divisions and then you play, what uh, I guess seven teams in your division and then you pick. To me, if you're going to do have this expansion, you really need to go to a a team te- a ten game conference schedule. Is that possible? Do you think? I don't know that the
0: math works with a sixteen team conference and a ten game conference schedule. I think you'd have to have nine or eleven, and so I think nine is probably the. The working number. I mean, if you have two eight-team divisions, it work. It would work out kind of nicely. You play the other seven teams in your division every year, and then you play two rotating opponents uh, from the other division each year to get to your nine. There would be no permanent rival in in this in this idea of two eight-team divisions. So I think I think you'd probably have that. That's how you get to nine. You play the other seven in your division, and then everybody plays two teams from the opposite division, and those two teams rotate. So every four years, you would play uh, the every team from from the other division, which is more frequently than it is now because of the permanent rival situation.
1: I just think we're moving toward um, it, it's so skewed because we're moving toward an NFL model where if you win two thirds of your games, that's phenomenal. Um, you know, your playoff team or whatever. Where we think more of college football of the elite teams go undefeated, or maybe they lose one game. And if you get into a pod system, you're going to have teams that are really good, I think, go 8-4, and 9-3. and three. If you go to a 10-game conference schedule, it's going to be skewed even more, and you're not going to judge success in the same way. And we're not going to have – if the SEC goes to a pod system, yet the college football playoff is not yet at a 12-team playoff, it, it's it, it's going to skew the whole system because because you're going to have a college model of the postseason nationally, but you're going to have an NFL model of the regular season and how they've squished down the divisions and 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 changed up schedules a whole lot. So everybody's got to get on the same page of this. You need to keep divisions if you're going to keep uh, if you're going to keep the playoff system the way it is nationally.
0: When I wrote a I wrote a column recently about this whole pod versus division debate, um, actually I actually heard from, from an Auburn fan who really liked the idea of Auburn and Alabama moving to the East um, because then Auburn would, would restore annual games with Tennessee and Florida, and it would have rivalry games with, with, with Alabama and Georgia all in the same division. And, you know, regardless whether this was a pod setup or a division setup, what we're talking about Tennessee for Tennessee could have Tennessee playing Auburn every year. I was wondering, could you provide some perspective for that, John, you know, before the SEC expanded to 12 teams, there was no divisions and in a 10 team SEC, um, Tennessee played Auburn, you know, on an annual basis. And that was sort of, you know, it wasn't a rivalry to the level of Tennessee-Alabama, right? But, I mean, that was that was a rivalry for Tennessee at, at one time. Yes, Tennessee-Auburn? Yeah, the,
2: Tennessee and Auburn had some great games, some very close games. And for a long time there, you go back and you start in the early 80s. Johnny Majors was a coach at Tennessee. Pat Dye was a coach of, at Auburn. Uh, Pat Dye had, had great success. Johnny Majors had great success. That was a really big game. And unlike the Alabama series with Tennessee, which kind of goes in cycles and one team dominates for a while, Auburn and Tennessee just kept slugging it out. It seemed as though they were up and down at the same time. One of the worst SEC games I've ever seen was in 2008 between Tennessee and Auburn. Every first down was a cause for celebration. Uh, Tennessee had the favorable field position for the entire second half. And just could not score. At the end of the year, Tuberville left. Tommy Tuberville, the Auburn coach, left for uh, Texas Tech. Beat the posse out of town, and and Philip Fulmer was fired. But I've often thought of those teams kind of go together because they're kind of been on the same tier in the SEC. They're not up there with the with the very best. They're not up there with Alabama, but they're they're kind of. They have its ups and downs. Obviously Auburn's had more ups. But I think that's uh, there's proximity there. I think it was a uh, I think long time longtime fans, and I don't know how old the person was that emailed you, but I think long time fans would really appreciate the renewal of that rivalry. Well, I remember growing I mean, growing up in the state, I remember
1: Tennessee Auburn as one of those marquee games. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, you know, late eighties, early nineties when I was a kid. And it, it it meant something because, yeah, there were comparable programs. I think even now when they don't play uh, regularly, there's still this undertone that they're comparable plans, uh, uh, programs because you see it in recruiting. Um, you know, Alabama, get, Alabama and Georgia get the five-star players usually. If there's a four-star in the Southeast that don't go to Alabama or Georgia, a lot of times it's Tennessee versus Auburn, and you've seen the, the last – you know, five to 10 years of recruiting battles, you see a lot of guys, even this year, there were three, four of them, that their their final two teams were Tennessee-Auburn because you recognize those two teams uh, in, in a similar tier. I mean, even when we were looking, when I was preparing for this, looking at the potential divisions and pods uh, in that East division, that mythical East division, uh, or maybe a, a, the real East division one day, Tennessee and Auburn are either, four or five because they're pretty much even when the pod system with Alabama, Auburn, UT Vandy, Tennessee and Auburn are either two or three. So you can look at them in a given year and say they're a, they're both of those schools are middle tier in the sec, but always with the potential to be the top tier in a given year. You can't say that. I think a lot about a lot of other teams. I mean, you know, South Carolina can be middle tier South Carolina can be upper tier aside from a Steve Spurrier year here and there. No, but Tennessee and Auburn always have the hope to be in the top tier. And I think that, that, that
2: makes them sort of unique uh, together. I think too, there's a fan, there's sort of a fan unity with, with Tennessee and Auburn in that they both can really hate on Alabama hmm. and pull for Alabama to lose on every occasion. If
0: both those jobs were open at the same time, um, and, and the situations were sort of comparative. I'm, I'm saying, like, you know, one of them wasn't a, a smoldering heap and, and the other one was open because the coach won a national championship and then left for the NFL or something. So let, let's just say both Auburn and Tennessee are open and, and they're comparative situations. Which one do you think is a more desirable job? Because in on, on Tennessee's case, you know, it is the, the flagship school of its state. In Auburn's case, it's it's living more closely in, in Alabama's shadow. However, it has won a national championship more recently, and I'd say by and large in this millennium, in the in in the two thousands, Auburn's had more more success than what Tennessee has had. So, all things being equal, both jobs are open, and and you get the the phone call from both ads say, "Hey, you got the job offer. Where where do you think you'd go?"
1: Now I would, if I was a coach right now, I, I mean, not just this year, but in this era, I'd rather be at Tennessee than Auburn. Um, and it's because both of them to some extent have really high expectations for their coaches. But I feel like Tennessee is in an era where their expectations are a little closer to realistic than Auburn's. Uh, I think Auburn's when you come in, it is you you need to be good immediately and you need to figure out how to catch Alabama. And that's not going to happen. I think Tennessee's, in in this era, Tennessee's idea is get competitive, challenge in the East. Maybe you make a run at Georgia, but we understand if that doesn't necessarily happen. So I think, I think it's strange to say Tennessee fans are a little more realistic uh, now than they have been. But I think there's a little bit more of that because you don't have somebody in state to necessarily compare yourself to. Everybody knows when you go to Auburn, you're compared to Alabama. If you're at Tennessee, you may be compared to Alabama. You may be compared to Georgia, maybe to South Carolina. There's not a absolute comp that you're looking at where with Auburn, there always is. So it's, it's easier to run somebody out of town. I think in Auburn than it is Tennessee.
2: No doubt about it. I mean, Tennessee gets to play Vanderbilt every year Hmm. right there. That's a, that's a deal winner for, for Tennessee. I'd take the Tennessee job.
0: Yeah. And I also think, you know, with with Nashville's population growing and Memphis has, has always produced, um, you know, a level of, of football talent. I we saw in this this 2022 recruiting class, it was like the deepest pool of in-state talent that Tennessee has produced maybe ever. Now, Tennessee didn't do particularly well in, in securing uh, a lot of that talent. But this, there was talent in, in the state. Now, obviously, there's talent in, in Alabama um as well. But I just I think I would like the idea of being the school um for those in state kids. Whereas, you know, for you're at Auburn, you gotta first and foremost fight off Alabama and then you got Georgia coming over your border and Tennessee coming over your border. I I think Tennessee's recruiting situation is nice, um with uh with Nashville and and Memphis having some population base. You can go down you're you're in Atlanta and um Knock on wood with traffic. You're in Atlanta, and um, in, in three and a half hours or, or less. So I think, um, yeah, I think from a recruiting standpoint, Knoxville's pretty well located. It has a lot to sell. Um, yeah, I think I think I probably would tip the scales, all, all things being equal, to Tennessee.
1: Yeah, when Tennessee is really rolling, and I know they haven't been in recent years, but when they're really rolling, in-state kids are expected to go to Tennessee if you're in Nashville, maybe Memphis or elsewhere, if you're a four-star or maybe five-star player, and Tennessee is really good, the expectation is where you're going to go to Tennessee. The state of Alabama has comparable talent on the high school level as Tennessee right now. If you're in the state of Alabama, if you're in Montgomery or Huntsville or Birmingham or wherever, and you're a four-star, five-star player, there's never an expectation that you're going to go to Auburn. You may go there, and that's fine, but if you're that good of a player – you're going to have to bypass Alabama to go to Auburn. And I think that's, that's one challenge that Auburn will always have that Tennessee doesn't.
2: I do think Auburn, I, I will give it credit for its overall recruiting base because it's close enough it can recruit that Florida panhandle. A lot of good players come out of there, and it's also had some success recruiting the Mississippi Gulf Coast where a lot of good players come out of there. So even though in state it's battling Alabama, it's kind of got its own uh, regional recruiting base. It's that has been pretty fruitful for a while.
0: That's a good point, John. And I think sometimes in in the media, and I'm guilty of this too, we probably overblow the idea of lock down the borders. You know, I mean, what would it take you to get from Knoxville to Memphis? That's like a six hour drive, right? I mean, you oh, could yeah. be you could be from Auburn to the Panhandle. A lot quicker than you could be from from Knoxville to Memphis. So that's a good point. Like it, you you remove these these borders out of the situation, and you just look at it more of like a of a say a four hour footprint. And, and Auburn really is in a pretty good part of the country when you think of it that way. Even if it is having to go up against the likes of of Georgia and Alabama, you look at that, that four or five hour radius around Auburn. There's there's a ton of talent
1: in Tennessee. It is easier to go down in some respects to go down and recruit the Atlanta area, so to speak, uh, Georgia, um, than it is to go all the way out to Memphis in terms of distance. I will say, I think there's sort of a line of demarcation. Again, this is only if Tennessee is really good. If Tennessee is a eight to 10 win team, there's sort of a lot of demarcation in Jackson. And I grew up in West Tennessee of Jackson, Tennessee, and to the East. There's always that expectation that you are going to Tennessee. You're a Tennessee fan your, um, if you're a really good player, you're going to end up at Tennessee. After you get past Jackson, then you bleed into Memphis, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, whoever. Uh, but anywhere Jackson and East, you're in, you're in Tennessee country.
2: So, Adam, you're as a, a young Adam Sparks, is as an aspiring quarterback. Uh, you're saying if Tennessee came calling and said, Adam, we'd like to add you as a preferred walk-on you would just look at tennessee's record and say well i don't know six and six that's not good enough for me nine and three yeah let's talk
1: well i mean i graduated high school in 1998 so oh, <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 pitch would have been different i would have said uh i would have said oh, I, i'm uh i don't know who this t guy is but has he done anything lately? Cause I'm, I'm I, I would have committed, I guess when Peyton was there and before T got the job. So I, I would have probably wanted to get on campus and uh-huh. see if T Martin was the real deal or not. Cause there sure. would be a vacancy in my mind with, with Peyton leaving. I probably, even before that, probably my sophomore year or whatever, I'd have probably paid attention to whether or not Peyton was going to go to the NFL early or not. And, and then sort of gauge whether I wanted to walk on at UT or, or be a manager at UT Martin. I think that would have been my two options. Did, did that
0: walk on offer ever come, Adam?
1: No. You know, I, I. my mom has a clipping from the Jackson Sun, one of her sister papers at, at her house, of uh, me leading in the Jackson Sun. You know, those prep standings, prep stat standings that I led West Tennessee in passing for a small portion of my junior year, I think it was. It's week week four, week five. Okay. Uh, I th- we were we we had not won a game, I don't think. But so she loves to circle. They look you led in 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 passing yards there, and she doesn't look at the last column to the right, which was I led all of the state in uh, interceptions thrown. <laughs> so I, I distinctly remember throwing four touchdowns and twelve picks in in like four games. So I threw three picks a game for four
2: games and retained my starting job. <laughs> well. That proves, though, you were no game manager. You were a guy with the arm and said, you know, I believe I can make that pass, and I'll thread it in there between two defenders. I was a guy that did not believe
1: in sacks. Never never believed in sacks. You want to come and you want to hit me, that's fine, but I'm going to throw it up in the air, and somebody's going to catch this. I don't care who it is, but somebody's going to catch it, and they're going to catch it inbounds. Didn't the throw the ball time. away,
0: didn't take sacks. You're the anti-Jarrett Garantano. You did not believe in, in sacks. Garantano was born and raised on on sacks. But he wasn't going to throw too many interceptions. He'd take that sack any day of the week. So, final verdict. Do you, A, like the divisions or the pods better, and then, B, which would be better for Tennessee? I'm going to get my votes in here. Um, I like just from a conference standpoint, I like the idea of vision divisions better. It preserves more rivalries. It, it makes sense. You you get your conference championship game real clean that way. You don't need to deploy a bunch of tiebreakers. I like the divisions better. I think for Tennessee, pods would be better because it would prevent Tennessee from having. It would likely, depending on on how this the pod shakeup set up, it would likely prevent Tennessee from having to play Alabama and Georgia every year, which I think is a situation they could hope to, to avoid. So better overall divisions, better for Tennessee, I'll say pods. It's better for Tennessee
1: players, coaches, and probably fans if they're in divisions, because I think things are more predictable Um, and you could, you could any given year have a pretty good record. And so you could be competitive and just more predictable in divisions. Uh, so you'd have a better chance of having a, a really good year it's better for media for us that it would be pods because again, every year we would have this crazy scenarios of strength of schedule and Oh, you get the Ole Miss Mississippi state this year. Well, next year you get the a LSU swing and it would just create this whole other layer of evaluating coaches and teams and seasons and schedules because the schedules would be so, so different. It would be, and maybe that would even be better for fans to some extent. It would be funner to have pods. It'd be better for the program's success to have divisions.
2: Yeah, I, th- I would much prefer the divisions. Uh, but I think in Tennessee's case, particularly if you go with my pod system where you have the Great North and you have Vanderbilt, Missouri, Tennessee, and Kentucky slugging it out in wintry weather, I like Tennessee's chances.
1: The fact that you call that the Great North pod, and I think three of those four teams sided with the Union in the 1860s. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Tennessee maybe needs to be in a Southern division. They, they, they'd it's be It's relative, the only, Adam.
2: It's relative.
1: Yeah. They'd be the only one who would side with Stonewall Jackson, I think, in that pod. <laughs> <It can laughs> historically, snow in, not now, only historically.
2: It, it can snow in Tennessee. It's not snowing in Florida, LSU, in Louisiana, rather. The Great North Pod. I
0: maybe you're onto something there, John. And maybe maybe they could just shove you know Tennessee fans might like it. Just shove uh, say Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, and Florida together. Maybe that's the maybe that could be
2: another the Great South Pod. There, you like that one? I really think the Great North resonates more than the Great South. the The Great North just ooh that. Those teams are tough. They they can play in any kind of weather. Sounds like cold road trips.
1: Can we agree though that when we do this podcast in like eight years, we're going to be talking about the SEC as its own thing, and these pods are going to then be essentially what college football conferences are, right? It's not going to be sixteen teams. It's going to they're going to add Clemson. They're going to add a few others, and it's going to be a thirty-two team SEC, and they're going to be in eighteen pods, and that's going to be the entire playoff. There's not going to be a playoff that involves somebody out west or whatever it's just going to be this the sec is going to be college football college football it's going to be
0: the sec yeah absolutely we're headed for a 12-team playoff in which the sec supplies all 12 teams to be (laughs) the the nfl right there's 32 teams you send 12 to the playoff and
1: i mean we say pods greg sankey hears national semifinal right that's that's the difference
0: All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll continue to to have some fun with this because I think that's part of what this uh, this debate is between divisions or pods, or it is it is media fodder for the football off season. But uh, we've enjoyed it and hope you have too. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Volunteer State.